0: Welcome back, everybody, to The Buzz, where your host, Bernie Maybank, is steering this economic development ship of knowledge. Hello, <laughs> Bernie. How are you today?
1: All right. Thank you. And I'm I'm glad we have the Greenville Spartanburg Airport on the show. I, I, I actually grew up in Greenville. Uh, my father was actually in the General Assembly from Greenville, not from Charleston. And I've flown out of that airport a couple of times. I, I hate flying out of Charlotte. So if I'm flying out of Greenville, I do that every time.
0: I love going up there, too. Um, just feels a little less crowded and well run and we're going to get to all of that in just a second. Also out of the upstate though, recent news lately, I don't know if you saw it. Um, I believe it was the mayor of Lawrence. He recorded this audio message on YouTube saying that the hospitals around the state, but especially in that area were at capacity. you know they were building out field hospitals and trying to convert different um, floors because of the rise in the number of COVID cases. And then you've got analysts wondering, is this surge that we're seeing just recently directly tied to a lot of the holiday travel so they're really delving into those numbers but someone who's been concerned about the safety of travel not only in the pandemic but all the time is greenville spartanburg airport district ceo dave edwards who joins us on the buzz today thanks for being here sir
2: oh happy to be with you this morning
0: Well, before we talk about where we stand today, I do wanna get into a little bit of your background because it's impressive. Um, You started in your current role back in 2009, and from that time through 2019, before the pandemic, passenger travel more than doubled at the Greenville-Spartanburg Airport. Also, 2019 was on track to be a record year with more than 2.5 million passengers choosing to fly in or out of that airport. And also, sir, you established and implemented a five-year, $127 million terminal renovation and modernization program that was completed in 2017. So when Bernie and I talk about uh, the joy of flying back in the days when we flew more uh, out of your airport, You have a lot to do with that and your tenure there a lot of high flying times under your leadership.
2: Well, it's been a great 11 years. Uh, You know, timing is everything they say. And I came in at a great time in in 2009. Uh, You know, the first year or so was uh, not as uh, we might like it uh, as we were wrapping up the end of the uh, last great recession. Uh, But once we got into 2010, 2011, things really started to take off. And And we've had a ball here for the last 11 years.
0: So then this unprecedented pandemic hits. Get us up to date of what the airport looks like now. Um, Soon after the pandemic started, I actually took a flight and went to pick up my dad who lived in Florida and drove him back. He's been staying with us through the pandemic. Um, It was amazing to be normally in that hustle and bustle of the feel of an airport and then to have it so desolate. But I've, I've been watching from afar. It feels as if travel has picked up. Where do we stand today?
2: Well, I mean, let me take you back real quick. So we, we finished uh, on a moving 12-month basis back in February of 2020. We were on track to hit about 1.4 million in planements or boardings. Uh, and when we got to uh, April, uh, we were at 4% of our normal traffic level. That wow. lost 96% of our traffic. Um, so over since that time back in uh, that April timeframe uh, to just finishing here calendar year 2020, we're right at about 40% of normal traffic levels uh, as we stand today. So we're making headway, uh, a little slow but sure. Uh, we're on the average from a national standpoint, uh, from a recovery uh, perspective, maybe slightly higher than the average uh, of our uh, colleagues around the country. Some airports are doing a little better in heavy tourist destinations, especially over the summer, beach markets, those kinds of places. Uh, But uh, for us as a strong business market here uh, in the upstate, uh, we're doing pretty well uh, on the recovery, at least as compared to the rest of the nation.
0: I got to ask you, when everything hit and as this year has been unfolding, how did how did it affect you at first? I mean, there's so much on the line here with the travel, the jobs that the airport uh, offers to folks, um, all of the different stores. You know, the air traffic controllers, the industry. Did you feel a huge weight on your shoulders? I, I've seen your quotes that you don't expect airline travel to ever really be the same as it was. Can you talk a little bit about that?
2: Sure. I think uh, you know, from our perspective, it, it, it was something. I think when it initially happened, we thought, I think like a lot of people, that this would be maybe a couple of month kind of impact. Obviously, it's turned into a much longer impact than that. Uh, But early on in this, uh, in particular to the uh, airport district team, my my staff of 220 people approximately, we made a commitment that we were going to do everything we can to take care of them through this pandemic period. We've been able to do that. Um, uh, we have had no layoffs here at GSP. Uh, and with that, um, you know, I'm, I'm very proud of the fact that, that we've been able to tighten the belts in other areas, but still create, uh, enough revenue on the revenue side, uh, through this downturn in order to be able to keep people uh, on board. So it's, um, it, it's been a, it's been a tough road, uh, so far for the last nine months. Uh, but we've been, uh, doing everything we can to, uh, uh, to keep our team intact. as as it relates to our tenants, uh, as you may be aware, uh, you know the federal government did issue the initial cares act. Uh,
0: what was that like thirty two billion? was that around the the neighborhood there?
2: yeah, for for airports, uh, it was ten billion dollars nationwide uh, for specifically for airports out of that GSP uh, received approximately twenty six million dollars. We took a portion of that money. Uh, and actually, to help our tenants here at the airport in waiving fees and charges and giving them some credits back for uh, uh, certain fees and charges, in, in particular with the airlines. So we took some of those dollars to help our tenants. You know we've helped uh, we, we've been able to keep our team intact through the use of some of that money as well. and uh, And so far, you know we feel really good about the financial position we're in, even with this downturn on being able to come out of the backside of this pandemic. Uh, very strong uh, when the recovery really starts. And uh, so
1: passenger is one way you make a buck. Tell us about air cargo. That's the other way you make a buck?
2: Uh, it sure is, Bernie. Uh, you know, we, uh, we stood up air cargo about, uh, well, back in 2011, when we first started to get into the business with the training of our staff and some investments. That took off uh, a, a more in 2016 with some of our first uh, nonstop flights uh, over to Europe. Uh, And that uh, traffic and and, uh, lift has grown from two flights a week uh, to as many as seven, eight, nine, or 10 flights a week. Uh, In particular, during the pandemic, we've seen as many as uh, 14 or 15 flights in a given week uh, coming from overseas. So, you know, when, when the pandemic hit, a lot of international passenger travel was shut down. So you didn't have those passenger aircraft, wide body airplanes flying overseas they typically haul a lot of cargo. So that cargo had to move some other way. And what we've seen is it's moving on all cargo airplanes. And and is a big reason why we've seen, you know, months where we've had 87%, 62% growth in our cargo activity, month over month, year over year. And so
1: y'all were the 20th busy, busiest cargo hub in the nation last year? Uh, well, that was for
2: a given period of time, uh, based on uh, volume, that's correct. And and I think we've actually might have notched it up a little bit last month when we look at the monthly numbers. So uh, we've made some big moves in cargo here over the last year.
1: And and the um, uh, I saw the New York Times the other day, there's a huge increase in cargo because of Amazon. Is that where your growth in cargo is coming or, or somewhere else?
2: Yeah, it really hasn't. I'm not saying that we haven't seen some of our growth from Amazon that may be moving on uh, UPS or, or FedEx. Uh, but a majority of our cargo growth has really come from that international cargo that's coming from overseas. And so who would be some of the customers, so to speak? Well, some of that customer mix, as, as you might expect, would include BMW, Bosch, uh, and uh, uh, some, some others here in the upstate, Daimler uh, as well. And so it's really a mix. I mean, we see some interesting products moving. They're moving some helicopters on some of those flights that they uh, they break down and move on those. So it really is a a wide uh, varying mix. Siemens, as an example, also moves product. MRI equipment uh, is uh, delivered into the U.S. on those flights as well, coming out of Germany.
1: Okay, and then on passenger side, um, everybody wants a low cost airline. Colombia is is badly sucking wind, not having one. What low cost airlines do y'all have?
2: Well, today we have uh, Southwest and, and Allegiant uh, Air uh, here at GSP, and um, uh, Allegiant has been here since about 2006. Uh, Southwest arrived here in 2011. Uh, we did before the pandemic, and, and I think they still probably would have been here if it hadn't have been for the pandemic. We also had Frontier Airlines, but shortly after the pandemic hit, they did uh, decide to pull out uh, uh, not only of GSP, but, but several airports around the country.
0: Well, and, and that too, Um, I was reading the airlines' slash schedules and are operating sometimes 30 to 50% of the flights that they usually operate. Are you seeing that there? Or uh, there's also talk of, you know, trying to compensate with some higher costs. What are you experiencing there? Are the uh, schedules holding steady?
2: Well, the schedules, uh, I think you've hit the uh, number pretty accurately. We're seeing about 50% of our normal flight activity and 50% of our normal seats. Uh, in the market right now. And, and we see that going forward here uh, into the next couple of months. You know, for us, January and February in our market are two of our slowest months of the year uh, in normal times. Uh, and so, you know, it's even feeling a little slower right now uh, with the level of activity <clears throat> down overall. But, um, you know, we're hoping to see by the time we get into the summer, some of that flight activity get back up into the more of the 70 to 75% range uh, the loads on the aircraft, uh, what we call load factors, uh, they're running up in that 60% range to 70%. Uh, but, um, and, and even on weekends, we're, we're seeing higher load factors on some of those flights. So uh, for the level of flights that we have today and the level of seats, we're seeing those being filled up pretty well. Uh, but we need to see that really the customer coming back. And for us, that means the business customer. And uh, we, we believe that that's still going to take a little bit of time. It's going to take the vaccine being rolled out, companies letting their people travel again before we're going to see that business recovery start to occur. And the, um, on, the, on the passenger side, who, who, what airports
1: do you compete with?
2: Well, I would say predominantly, uh, you know, we're competing with Charlotte for uh, some lost uh, traffic. Uh, but, you know, we'll, we'll lose some traffic down to Columbia uh, on occasion. We'll lose some traffic up to Asheville. Asheville has a, you know, a very strong presence with Allegiant uh, Airlines up there and uh, with, with lots of flights. So some of those folks that may be looking for uh, a cheap flight will, uh, will head that way. Uh, but that's predominantly the three airports that will see what we call a little bit of leakage too. Uh, but we also see it the other way. So, so we also draw people from those same communities back to fly out of GSP when it may be more convenient or cheaper to fly out of GSP than, than those other three. I would say on occasion, uh, although this has been reduced significantly in recent years, we we still might lose some passengers down to Atlanta. Typically, that historically that's been internationally uh, that we would lose some folks down there that don't want to uh, you know make a connection for an international flight. They just want to be able to go down there, get on the plane, and go nonstop. But with the reduced levels of international travel right now, uh, that's not a real big impact for us. But when I say that. If you look at the makeup of the GSP passenger in the past, 15% of our market actually came from people on an international itinerary that might have been connecting over another gateway location, uh, but with international travel down uh, to really be non-existent almost today, uh, that's a loss for us directly in 15% of our normal traveler.
0: Um, can you talk a little bit about before the pandemic hit, what were your goals for the airport and? How does it look different today?
2: Well, I mean, we were on a um, I'm going to say we still felt like we were on a rocket ship going up uh, pretty quickly. You know, growth was uh, if I recollect back to January and February of 2020, we still had uh, we were growing at six to eight percent month over month, year over year. We thought we were going to have a very strong year again in 2020. Uh, moving towards that 1.4 million employment or 2.8 million total passengers flying in and out of GSP, We were out of parking back at that time. So we had engaged and started construction on uh, new parking facilities, uh, surface parking. And uh, uh, that was an investment of about 20 million. That project continued. We're wrapping that project up uh, right now over the next uh, month or so. And, and so we'll have those facilities in place when, uh, when the recovery really starts to take hold. Uh, and, and I think for us, this is a delay. Um, you know, our forecasts right now have us getting back to the levels of traffic that we were at back in February of this year, somewhere in that 2024 timeframe. And um, so it does give us a little bit of time to maybe get some projects that we might've been behind on uh, back ahead of schedule. And uh, we're looking to do that. But if you look at our uh, capital plan uh, over the next three to five years, we're still looking at investing approximately $300 million in GSP. Uh, And that's for new parking facilities, terminal expansions, uh, and uh, some other projects that uh, will help us keep moving forward and making sure that we're in a position uh, to deliver the type of service, both from the passenger perspective, uh, as well as the cargo perspective for the users of GSP.
0: The president-elect un- unveiled his rescue plan and talking about more stimulus. Uh, is your industry in there uh, looking at that and paying close attention to what might be available?
2: Yeah, we are at the rescue plan. Um, my, my guess is uh, there might be something in there uh, for uh, the aviation industry, in particular airlines and airports that was talked about. Uh, there was, I don't know if you're aware, but in the, in the last what I call CARES Act II funding package uh, there was there were dollars in there two billion for airports nationwide uh, GSP will receive we estimate right now about four million of that uh, those dollars but really those dollars are helping us to bridge this downturn uh, in traffic as being still down sixty percent in passenger traffic if you look at typically what is number the number one revenue generator for airports around the country not just at GSP it's parking. And when you have a loss of 60% of your traffic, obviously that's a huge impact on our parking revenue. Uh, and uh, and we we continue to be obviously way down in that today. So these dollars help us meet some of our operational uh, uh, expense requirements. I think, the and so I think there's gonna be a follow-on piece to that. And that's what uh, uh, President-elect has, has put out there, I think uh, last night. The bigger package that I'm looking towards is he also talked about an infrastructure package that he would be talking to uh, Congress about as well. And I think that could be a a bigger piece um, of of what we could take advantage of as well, especially with some of the capital projects that we have uh, on the table for the next three to five years.
0: Is there anything that you want your economic development community um, in the upstate and around the, the state of South Carolina to know Um, about what's happening there right now and as we look forward to more of the vaccine being uh, rolled out?
2: Well, I I just, uh, you know, continue to encourage people, uh, first and foremost, to be safe, uh, you know, in everything they're doing uh, in their travel experience. You know, we don't have a mandate here at GSP about wearing masks, but we highly encourage that and all the other hygiene related items that we hear out there about washing hands and, you know, the social distancing piece. So, you know, uh, when you're traveling, uh, be careful. Uh, but uh, again, don't forget about us. I think, you know, these are these times where communities have to pull together in a much stronger way. Bernie mentioned about, you know, do we lose some traffic to other airports? Now's the time we need folks in our community to support GSP uh, and, and really utilize GSP for their travel needs uh, and in or for their shipping of cargo uh, in and out of our community. And uh, we're going to be here for everybody in the community. We just need the community to be here for us.
0: Well, everyone's talking about the pent-up demand, right? That, <laughs> I, and I know there's a, a bunch of people in this room right now that uh, as things start, hopefully, to improve, uh, we hope to see a lot of you, sir. <laughs> we we want to be flying in and out and traveling to all of the wonderful places around our country and beyond.
1: And hey, Kara, I um. As I mentioned, the um, obviously it's dramatically changed, but I just quit flying through Charlotte. It, Charlotte had the advantage of a little bit lower ticket price and a little more direct flights, but the crowds were just unbelievable, both in the parking lot and, and then in the airport itself. By contrast, Greenville could, and this is pre-pandemic, could not have been any nicer. Uh, no crowds anywhere. You casually parked you walked into the airport and no lines it just is a totally different experience
0: true so you know when we're talking about your marketing um yeah you know, i think a lot of times people they don't realize that a lot of these they're equidistant when you're driving from right. certain places and you're kind of that that jewel sometimes hidden so you're doing your part to get the word out we know
2: well thanks so much and uh you know keep your eyes open a little teaser i think we're gonna have a uh, uh, an airline announcement here uh, in the next few weeks, uh, which we're excited about. I'm not gonna give it all up, but... Um,
0: well, we're breaking news on the bus. Right. That, yes.
2: a, can you tell us, is it a discount
1: airline or a, or a regular airline? I'm gonna say yes, Bernie, it's a discount airline. <laughs> all right.
0: Wow, this is exciting stuff. So you did that on the last 50 seconds of our show, so we can't go too much deeper, but thank you for that little tidbit. Absolutely. And- We really appreciate you being here today. Greenville Spartanburg Airport District CEO, Dave Edwards on The Buzz. Thank you for your time.
2: Thanks so much for having me To You all take care. Stay Stay safe again.
0: Yes, for sure. Hope to see you soon and you stay healthy everybody. Thanks for joining us on The Buzz. We'll see you next time.